This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. I'm Ken Apsock, and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire and focusing on season seven. We have seven episodes coming up shortly, July 16th. This all begins, and the producers and uh, actors and the writers and the grips and the best boys and the catering people, everyone is promising that this season will move at a very fast pace and that the battles will dictate what happens. As we know in Game of Thrones, in battles, people die. And in Game of Thrones, those people are often characters we know and love. So, Season 7, I do believe, is going to see a lot of death. But who will go first? It's some betting odds here on Daily Thrones. Now, as far as big deaths, I do believe, sadly, because I do enjoy her, I do believe... Cersei Lannister will die at some point, but I don't think she's going to go first. That, of course, will play out throughout the entire season, if this is truly about her battling her enemies all around. But I think the first death of consequence, if you're going to Vegas and you're putting down some odds, the first death of consequence this season will be Yara Greyjoy. I do believe then Euron Greyjoy is going to meet up with Danny's fleet and have a big sea battle. Does she reach Dragonstone before that? Or does she hit the shores of Dragonstone already taking a hit, already somewhat defeated, so that when she gets to Dragonstone, it's kind of a uh, place for her to recoup and recover? We'll see. But I think early on we're going to see those dragons in action. Euron, I think, will have something to do. So the idea idea of Euron meeting Danny's fleet later on in the season doesn't make much sense to me. Danny's fleet is in the waters. Euron's fleet, if those a thousand ships got built fast enough, is going to be in the waters. I think they'll meet. And I think Yara, who'll have one great kiss with Ilaria Sand great makeout session, a great sexcapade with Ilaria Sand before she goes, apparently, according to the trailers. But I think she goes first. And when we see Theon hit the shores, it's because he knows he's one of the last of the Greyjoy clan. Who do you guys think will go first? Let me know. Call into the station. Favorite the station so that you can not miss a broadcast as we inch closer. Game of Thrones, Season 7. Talk to you guys later. Hey guys, Ken back here on Daily Thrones with a quick thought about Sansa Stark in Season 7. Is it possible? Do we think that Sansa Stark will go full Dark Sansa and believe anything that Baelish is telling her? Anything that Baelish might be whispering in her ears, and do we think she would ever go up against Jon Snow in any way, shape, or form? 
She'd have maybe the Knights of the Vale behind her if she's following up with uh, Baelish's plans, if she's fallen in line with those plans, I should say. The Knights of the Vale are the reason that the Battle of the Bastards went the way it did. Impulsive Jon Snow would have lost it. His army would have been destroyed, would have been picked apart. But a Sansa that saved the day. When the season ends, season six, those longing looks in a dark hall from Baelish to Sansa. Sansa's looking back. Does she believe Baelish? And we're getting a lot of that in the trailers for season seven. And we see Jon Snow and Baelish going at it. But I think that's in the crypts of Winterfell. And I think that has more to do with Jon Snow's uh, education about where he might be from and who his mother might be. Because Baelish... Definitely knows. Can Baelish get into the ear of Sansa and have it stick? Jon Snow is the king of the north. The king in the north. The king the north wants. But does Sansa Stark have a good reason to think that she is the queen in the north? I think she does. She's grown into this role. I believe her more now as a possible queen than I did way back in season one, two, and in the early days. At the end of season four, that Sansa, the one who fully helps Baelish, who lies to protect Baelish, and dons the black dress and the dark hair, that Sansa is one who is fit to rule. Season five, the character got waylaid a little bit, that we know. But season six, she started to find herself again. I don't know if the North would side with Sansa. Just wrong. Probably inherently sexist. Makes more sense that Sansa would be the one in charge. Bran is long gone. Rickon is dead. And then even if Bran returns this season, as it looks as though he he has, I don't know if anyone would throw their weight behind him. Are you? I don't think so. Sansa has a claim. Will she take it? You guys let me know. I want to know. Will Sansa face off against Jon Snow? And could she do it? And if she would, what kind of queen in the North would she be? We're talking Sansa on Daily Thrones. Hey, Ken. I think you have the right house for the first major death of Season 7, but I think you got the wrong Greyjoy. If I was going to put money on this, I would say Theon would be the first big death in Season 7. We've seen him from the very first episode in Season 1 all the way through and just been absolutely torn down and destroyed by Ramsay to finally coming around in the end and helping Sansa escape Winterfell and reunite with Jon. And then he goes off with Yara and he's going to back Danny. And I don't think redemption stories end well in Westeros. And I don't think that Theon is going to finally have a happy ending. Um, as much as I hate it, I like the character. I think he's been very well played by Alfie Allen. Um, I, I don't see him making it to the end. Uh, that's who I would bet on. Hey, Ken, it's funny because when I first read the headline, before I even listened to what you had to say, my, the, I, the first thought in my head really was Yara Greyjoy. Now... I love Yara Greyjoy, but I do think she is going to die. I also think Tormund Giantsbane is going to die, but I think Yara will be first. As you said, I think it's going to be very sad. I don't want to see her go. I think Yara Greyjoy is going to probably be the one that kills her. I think 
his fleet is going to be the biggest out of anyone's fleet, and I think Fion's going to be the one that's left standing. Ken Apsock here on Daily Thrones, is as we like to do, we check in with Mark Riley from Collider Video and Movie Trivia Schmodown on his journey through Game of Thrones, along with his girlfriend Julie. For the first time, Mark had seen season one, then just stopped watching. But he's been back, and we've been following on his adventures. And Mark, you watched a very sad episode. What can we tell you? What can you tell us, I should say, about holding the door? I'm going to hold the door now forever, and it's going to be sad, and I don't like it. And I, I quit. Finally watched the episode, The Door, the passing of Hodor, but not just the passing, the way it happened and and the revelation about how that all came to be. What are you thinking? I, I, my, my mind is blown and uh, full disclosure again, because of the business, I knew about Hodor. So you finally, you kind of, you heard about it. Yeah, I knew about it. In fact, I remember the reactions uh, because I was kind of helping produce the after- uh, Game of Thrones show we do here at Collider that's been revamped. Thrones Talk, which Thrones I now host. Talk is yeah. Now yeah, you hosting, and I'm very excited about that. Um, but they did the after show, and I had to post it, and so I knew about this. Um, I didn't know maybe this was the episode, and then it started to make sense. It started to, towards the end, I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. So I, it, I was very sad because I've grown to love that character. Um, it's just, it's opened up so much, like, what? Like so, it's almost like he was predestined to save what? them. Like this, it's like time travel. It's weird. Total time. We've been talking about it. We talked yesterday here in Daily Thrones on uh, uh, our friend Kevin at Three Cocktail Questions says the, the theory of brand time, time traveling and teaching the Mad King to to make wildfire and right. maybe that's how they kill the White Walkers. You, you're on that train of thought. I, I, you know, it, only now yeah. since you told me that that kind of rang a bell. So it, it's just now. Again, it, every time I think I'm going to be surprised, I didn't know how Hordor was going to do it. I knew hold the door. I right. knew that that was the, the buzzwords that I heard back when I was sure. getting these spoilers. But then to see how he got his name from those from right. those uh, uh, those words yeah. was mind-blowing to me. I was right. like, holy shit! Right, right. It all comes together in a very sad way. And it's, um, it's quite a way to go out, being a hero like that. Yeah. Um, but you, you're going to recover? I think we're going to recover. Uh, now I need to, so that was episode five, I believe. I believe you're right. Okay, so got uh, five more, and yeah. then I'll be caught up finally. I did have to really work for this Game of Thrones last night just yeah. because done a, a big move. Right. And, uh, you know. Emotionally exhausted. Emotion. You knew you might not have the emotions ready for this. I didn't know this was the episode I was going to lose uh, the, the, yeah. the lovable Hordor. But, um, yeah, but now... That, of course, got Julie back in because she wanted to immediately watch an episode. I was, unfortunately, way too tired. It was already right. midnight. Time right. to go to bed. So, But tonight, I imagine, we'll start catching up. You're more. back at it. Well, that is good. I love seeing the show again through your eyes and Julie's eyes as well. So hold the door. Let's hug. We'll get through it. Guys, what are your thoughts? What are your memories from when you found out why Hodor was holding the door? Let me know here on Daily Thrones. I'm Ken Absock, and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire, and let's continue our look forward towards Season 7 of Game of Thrones, which is just a few days away. The anticipation is building. All our questions will be answered. All our speculations will be tossed aside. And that's what we love doing here right now on Daily Thrones, speculating and asking the big questions and sometimes providing answers, and sometimes 
asking and creating more questions. I want to talk today about Gendry. I do believe that we're going to see Gendry in Season 7. This, there's some spoiler stuff out there that I haven't clicked on, but I, I will say Joe Dempsey, the actor, long ago was seen flying to where they were shooting. So I got to believe, unless he's visiting, he's going to be on the show. And I saw a great video from Charlie Snyder over at Emergency. Awesome, great guy. I've met him, had him, had him on a few shows, well, schmoes and screen junkies. He's a... He's a good dude, and uh, I suggest you watch his videos. I love the Game of Thrones community. There's just not one source for your Game of Thrones information and speculation. It is a big, wide-open community. I support Emergency Awesome. You should, too. He had a great video up about Gendry and the possibility and the idea. Uh, got put into my head because it was in his head and a lot of people's head of this notion that Gendry could be the beginning of a new line of Baratheons. Yes, he's a bastard. I don't believe Gendry's dead, and I believe he'll be back with a story to tell. And he'll probably have Robert Warhammer or something similar to that in his hand. Where does he factor into the story? Well, he is kind of, uh, he's got the blood of kings. And you take out Cersei, and if Tommen and Joffrey weren't legitimate kings based on lines of secession and all the stuff that our good friend Stannis believed and even some of the stuff that Renly believed. Renly had more claim to the throne, perhaps, than Joffrey and Tommen and, and definitely Cersei. But she took it, she claimed, and sometimes winning is just as important as getting something handed to you in the world of Westeros. So Gendry, if he is naturalized, and look, Jon Snow is still a bastard uh, by all accounts, and he's not naturalized. In fact, he turned that down from Stannis. But he's the king in the north. And I could see him winning the popular vote and becoming the king of all seven kingdoms if he wanted to. I don't think that's going to happen. Gendry, though, I don't think is going to be king. But he could be brought back, naturalized, or just accepted as a new line of Baratheons. He is Robert's son. And reminded Ned Stark of a young strapping Robert Baratheon, the one who was on the battlefield, all strong and proud and black a beard, as Cersei would describe him. Um, Gendry's got that. And he put a warhammer in his hands, and you've got you've got Baratheon and Stark side by side again, or Baratheon and Stark Targaryen side by side for the first time. I think that could be where Gendry factors in. Not so much of his blood and the and the power in King's blood anymore, but just who he is and who he represents. He represents a very powerful, long, historic family. Westeros needs to have some Baratheons in it just as much as it needs a Stark. And I think Gendry could be that person to come back, play a part in the wars to come or the war for the dawn and be a new Baratheon for a new age. And if he ends up on the throne, if the throne is still around, and it's something that uh, we uh, still have to play with, I'm sure Gendry would be a great king. What do you guys think? Let me know about Gendry. Will he row his way back into the story? Try not to spoil if you know some things, um, but give, it, give, it, give us a call. That's what we do here in Daily Thrones. It is a discussion. Season 7, only days away. See you guys next time on Daily Thrones.
Hey, Ken. Uh, Kevin Ross. Uh, yeah, I happen to agree with you with the, uh, the, the Gentry um, observation that he'll be naturalized. But why will he be naturalized is the question. Why will Jon Snow actually decide that he should be leading House Baratheon? Well, I believe that he, Jon, and ten others, perhaps the Hound and others, will go beyond the wall to investigate the, the army of the dead and to see if they can take out the Night's King in one shot. Almost like a, a high-end um, SEAL Team guerrilla raid. Well, the Night's King will have something to say about that, but that's a, a separate theory altogether. But after that encounter, trial by, uh, and a trial by combat, John will come back and naturalize Gantry as a Baratheon. Thank you.